live from JRU Radio from New York. This is Schmelke here, and my she's gonna be a little late. Um, anyways, you know our motto, no town rejected, and no child refused to participate. Call 718-683-5858, text 347-927-8398, and to listen to the wonderful show. 712-432-4217 on the J-Root Radio app. And, uh, last week's question. Uh, who was Naomi's husband? Who was Naomi's husband? And the answer was Ali Melech. And thank you to all those that texted. And, uh, my sister. Hold on to the show. Okay, Mikey Cash came on the show. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Schmucky, what did you do? I uh, introduced you. You introduced me? Oh, uh, all right. Here live from New York. This is the J Radio Kish Rainy Hour. I'm Mikey Grunfeld here uh, with myself right now. And we are having a guest coming in in about just about a few minutes. He's running a little bit uh, on the late side, and uh, uh, Schmelke, did you do the question, answer question? I did whatever you told me to do. Okay, so uh, I am going to, I guess, have the connection over here, and I am going to uh, repeat it. Well, don't repeat it. I said it. Well, uh, I'm going to repeat it because it wasn't clear enough, evidently. And uh, so, yeah. Okay. This week's question. You mean last week's question? Right. Last week's question. The answer to last week's question was the question was, who was Naomi's husband? Um, And that was Eli Melech. It says so in the next Pasuk. Uh, this partial question, uh, I mean, it's Shavuos question. What are the different names of Shavuos? We want to know what's the different names for Shavuos. There's uh, a few different names. There's uh, different, uh, I'm not going to say them because otherwise I'll be giving you the answer. If you know the answer, you can text it in 347-927-8398. Three four seven nine two seven three two seven nine, which is my uh, show number. Anyways, uh, this week Rabbanim and Eretz Yisrael request of you, uh, their children, uh, whoever's listening, uh, um, we do uh, we request of you to say Kapitulach uh, Tehillim and. In regards to uh, what's happening in Eretz Yisrael. And yeah, and Bezat Hashem, it should all go well. And, uh, you know, Pesach Shein is coming. And uh, that is actually what our guest speaker is going to talk about. Our guest who's going to be coming in in a few minutes. So he's going to uh, talk about uh, Pesach Shein. Um, But I do want to talk about... You know, Lagba Emer is coming up. And, you know, we are going to have a special guest on Lagba Emer right here on JRU Radio Kishrani Hour. We are going to have a beautiful show and we're going to have a wonderful guest. 
And uh, hopefully he is going to uh, be able to do some great uh, things for us. And even if not, that's terrific. Um, anyways, so I do want to say, yeah, we're going to have a guest next week. Blackbimer, a special guest. Um, I also want to announce that uh, sponsorship is available. And, uh, oh, yeah, I have a chesed fund for JRU Radio. And you don't even have to go to the website anymore. We go to the chesed fund. And uh, for those who want the link, please uh, text 347 927 Three two seven nine, and I'm gonna give you the link. Um. Okay. So we are finished with the questions. Um. I want to remind everybody to please dive in for uh, Alexander Zisha and Eliza. And uh, yeah. So, anyways, our uh, storyteller, our friend, uh, came in, and uh, we're glad he's in here. And we're going to just introduce him right after I uh, say my little story about Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. You know, Kindalach, Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. Who was Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel? I'm Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. Rav Sh- That's what I just said, Schmelks. Uh, Rav Shimon Ben Gamliel. He was the head of the Sanhedrin, a very wise leader. He was a Nazi in those days. Well, one day he uh, told his uh, attendant, Tovi. Go to the market and buy me something good to eat. Well, so the attendant left and he uh, purchased a tongue. Now, Kindalach, you know, you may be thinking, what is he doing? The best part is buying a tongue? A tongue? Is he for real? And yeah, well... He showed her, the, the attendant showed Rabbi Shem Begamliel the tongue. Excellent, said Rabbi Shem Begamliel. Now, go back to the market and buy something that's not good to eat. And Tovi was surprised at Rabbi Shimon's quest. But, okay, he goes back to the marketplace. Hmm, what should I buy? What thing? What thing should I buy? Well, 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 what did we buy over here? He bought something uh, really interesting. And he bought this bad food. He entered a butcher shop and he ordered another tongue. So, and he returned them to the Shimon Ben Gamliel. Shimon Ben Gamliel said, I don't understand. Well, I do understand, but... When I asked you to buy something good to eat, you bought a tongue. And then I b- send you a second time something bad to eat, you also come back with a tongue. I, you know? Tovi said, the attendant told uh, Rav Shem Ah, well, you know, sometimes a tongue is used for good, and sometimes a tongue is used for bad. But, when a tongue... When a tongue is uh, used... For the good. That's terrific. However, when they're not speaking nicely about people, when you're not talking nicely about the people, oh no, that's not good. That's right, that isn't good. And they bring about uh, some uh, bad things. 
And Rav Shem Gamliel smiled, Rav Shem Gamliel smiled, and he understood with his attendant. And without further ado, I'm going to welcome my uh, assistant. And uh, he's not really my assistant, but he's really just a storyteller. Um, yeah, and uh, well, for before we introduce to you, uh, number one, what is your name? My name is Rabbi Phillips. Rabbi Phillips. So, you know, boys and girls who are listening, Rabbi Phillips is here. He's going to talk to us about, uh, a little about, uh, Pesach Sheni. And, uh, you know, there's something interesting. He, he tells stories. Now, what's interesting to note is I spoke to some storytellers too, but, and I'm a storyteller myself, believe it or not. Uh, as you hear every week on this show. And uh, this person, he's a storyteller. And this question is just for him. Because I already know how I started. And you guys probably also know how I started. So this question is for him. How did you uh, start? How did, I start? how did you start becoming a storyteller? And what what's the idea to how to get the kids interested in them? I started telling stories when I started teaching. So I really think to teach, I'm very happy that I, I have this, the big merit, the big schus to teach Torah to children. And a very essential part of teaching is stories. If you look in the Torah. Uh, so you teach. I, I teach the children I te- and also a lot of stories. So it's a very essential part. Before you tell someone, you know, what you have to do, you have to show them an example. If you look in the Torah, before okay. we have all the mitzvahs telling what you have to do. Wow. You have this, you know, this, the obvious. You see examples of tzaddikim. So, just in, in general, I feel it's a very important thing, and it makes a very deep impression on the person to hear a real example. And we could, you know, know how to copy them, how to copy deeds of tzaddikim. That, that's amazing. So, uh, how you started is just like uh, you just taught, and you decided one day, okay, I'm going to uh, tell a story, I'll... and if you don't like it, too bad. <laughs> I don't know if you don't like it too bad, but it seems like. I noticed when I would say a story, they even, happen to like it. Th- they happen to like it a lot. Even someone who like was a little hard to pay attention the whole time of a different part of learning. When it came to a story, I I realized I noticed that everyone's entranced, you know, listening to every word. Right. Another question. Yeah. So you started by teaching. So uh, how do you get them interested? How do I get them interested in a story? Like, wh- what's the quality to get kids interested in a story? Well, I. Wait, why should you do a good job telling stories? Hey, Schmelke, please don't interrupt me. I'm over interviewing somebody. Sorry, that's I, my sidekick. I don't, I don't really have, I don't really use tricks too much. I don't like use sound effects. The only advice I would tell someone is just to make sure the story is very clear. You know exactly what the story is. And usually, if you're telling, you know, the proof is by the children. The children, I think, are the most pure and and of anything. If you tell a real pure story, something that's a real, real good uh, lesson from it. So. The children pick up on what's truth, and they just like it. I don't, I don't have any sound effects or any uh, things, but and the children just like to hear. They hear all I, real facts, real things. You know, I know this wasn't planned, but uh, can you tell me something? You are a teacher, right? Yeah. So uh, when you teach, uh, yeah, so you must know something about Lagbimer. Uh, yeah, a little bit about okay. something Lagbimer. You don't have to tell a story about Lagbimer. Okay. okay. But just some, you know, what, what, uh, you know. Um, uh, you know, kids, you know, you're, I understand you might have a question, but I always had this question, and I think he may have an answer. Rav Zalman might have an answer to this question. Well, I always wondered why 
We always have a bonfire. What does a bonfire have to do with uh, Logbimer? You, you ever had such a question in your mind? I have a question? I have a question sometimes. I, I, I could tell you a little bit more about Logbimer in general. The bonfire, general. the bonfire, I'm not sure. I have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I might have a good uh, answer to that. My answer is as follows that uh, Rav Shem Barichai was uh, compared to if you compare him to a fire, he was mamish like a fire. He ignited the world with his Torah. And that, I believe, is one of the answers, I think. Anyways, so tell us something about Lagbaimer. It says, the, um, they told the Rishim Ben Yechai from, from heaven, from Shemaim, is that with this Sefer you wrote, the Zohar, the Jewish people are going to go out of Golis, go to Mashiach with mercy. Is That's the whole reason why the world was created. From Bereshis, from the beginning. And, but there's different ways it can happen. You know, if we, it says that if the Jewish people deserve it, they go flying on the cloud with the big miracles. If we don't deserve, then it could come, you know, Mashiach could come like on a donkey, like in a, not as spectacular way. But the fact that people learn Rav Shem Ben Yechai's teaching, which is the deeper parts of the Torah, and it inspires us to serve Hashem in the right way, so it makes that when we serve Hashem in this in a way, way, in a beautiful way, in a way of beauty, Hashem gives us wow. everything back in a, a beautiful, amazing way. This is an unbelievable explanation. I never heard this one before, but uh, yeah, anything else? Like, uh, you know, was, I, I, you know, Kendall, uh, talk about like Weimer next week is like Weimer, and I am having a special guest. Uh, I'm sure you know him, uh, Eighth Day. Okay, uh, I heard of him. You weren't supposed to tell that! Yeah, that's right, Shmulkan. Look at that, I told. Um, so, and, uh, another thing about Lag Baimer, what I'm gonna tell you guys, is Rav Shem Barichai, he was in the cave for many, many years, and, uh, the whole story is that he was, because of the Romans, came to look for him, and he was in a cave for many, many years, and all he did was learn, 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 learn. He never got bored? Um, I don't know. I wasn't on his level and I wasn't around then, Schmolks. Um, okay, uh, uh, I, I guess we should go back to the interview. Oh, we're gonna go back to the interview. Okay. So, uh, now we discussed, uh. Yeah, discussed like Bimer. Yes, I discussed like Bimer. And, uh, we discussed like Bimer. So, now we're going to discuss, uh, Schmolky, what do you want to discuss? I want to discuss about Pesach Shaney. Oh, Pesach, Shani, you like Pesach? Yeah, I like Pesach, but I don't like Shani. Oh, you don't like Shani, okay. Uh, so tell us, what do we, uh, what is Pesach, Shani? Uh, no, no, I'm not going to ask you that. Um, fine, you have something about Pesach, Shani, I heard, right? You had something prepared, uh, like a big story, right? Yeah. For, first, we, like, we could discuss so Pesach, Shani a little let's bit. Let's talk to, about what is Pesach. For the kids listening, Rav Zalman Phillips. He's a teacher, and he's. Uh, we are now going to talk about Pesach Sheni, uh, one of the little bit of, uh, it's a Yom Tov, we don't say Tachnun, and it's a little bit like Baimer, but it's uh, Pesach Sheni is for, we're going to discuss right now, yeah, what is Pesach Sheni, and uh, obviously I know, and hopefully you kids listening, you know, and hopefully you people watching on here, you know, because if you don't know, then we're going to have to go back to Torah learning. Um, okay. Go ahead. Well, just in short, the story that happened and then how it applies to now is when the Jewish people left Mitzrayim, so when it came time to bring the carbon Pesach, some people were impure. They were Tomei. For either different reasons. Could be they were taking care of Yasef or they had different mitzvah. And they someone, had a baby. Who had a baby? I don't know. Okay, Shmokey, so don't talk. So, <laughs> someone who was... Oh yeah, I know, right? 
someone who's, who's Tommy, he can't bring a carbon. So they came to Misha and said, Misha, it's not fair. We want, you know, we, we don't want to allow to, but we want to bring a carbon. We want to bring the carbon Pesach. So Misha went to Hashem and Hashem said, yes, I'll give you another chance. Hashem was happy with the request that they wanted to do more mitzvahs. So Hashem said, even someone who is Tommy, I'm going to give you a second chance. And that's like a lesson for forever for us is that Hashem's always throwing us, you know, a second chance. Even uh, someone who, you know, you missed the first time, you missed the boat. Oh, am, am I lost? Did I give, am I, is it given up? No, it's not given up. A person who wants to return to Hashem, who wants a chance to do another mitzvah, wants to do another good thing. Hashem said, I'll make a new opportunity. I'll always give a person who wants to come close to Hashem a chance to do another mitzvah. So, Kedalach, listening. So, if you sometimes uh, do something... Uh a little, you know, chas v'shalom, something uh, that's not so good. You can always, Hashem is always uh, waiting for you to return. And uh, that's what Pesach Sheni really is about. Pesach Sheni is about having a second Pesach because unfortunately there were Yidden that were Tama. They had different things. They were either had a baby. They were Tama of, uh, you know, there were Touch different Tamas. And, uh, you know, they touched Yosef's uh, thing. So, yeah, there were different reasons upon it. I'm not going to into it. But, yeah. And uh, we're going to get back to... Uh, About nowadays, if you just think, nowadays we didn't bring a carbon Pesach this year. So, nowadays, what should we think about Pesach Sheni? Well, now we should think, listen, the Jews, the Eden back then, they couldn't bring a carbon Pesach. And what do they do? They said, we want a chance to do another mitzvah. Mm-hmm. So, nowadays, I didn't bring a carbon Pesach this year. I don't think anybody did. So if we dive into Hashem, Hashem, we want to base, we bring our carbon Pesach, we want the base on Mikdash, mm. we want to do all the mitzvahs that we don't have now when we're still in Golas. So uh. Hashem likes that. When we ask, we want to do more mitzvahs, we want Mashiach. And Hashem likes our request, and, and, and he's going to bring Mashiach very soon. Especially, Hashem. you know who's the most powerful of anybody? Take a guess. Mm. Hashem. But who, who I'm here in the world, who's the most powerful? Um... Children. Um, the well, you know what, <laughs> boys and girls, if you hands. know the answer to that question, <laughs> who's the most powerful? Who's not hand. who's the most powerful, whose feelings are the most powerful? You can uh, text it into the studio or to me at 347-927-8398, 347-927-3279, and uh, we are going to give you a free CD. How does that sound? A uh, free CD from who? Well, Bez uh, Hashem, hopefully I come out with a CD. Uh, you don't have any stories. I got plenty of snitchmokes. Um, so let's go back to Pesach Shani. So nowadays that the well, kids out there... You guys know who's power, the most, uh, fields are powerful because I also know that, but I'm making you guys guess. Anyways, let's go back to Pesach Sheni. And I believe you have a, a something like real good story I heard. Story? There. Yeah. Okay. Pesach Sheni is connected to Tshuva, to, you know, like a fix up. And also, we're in middle sphere, so Aimer, we're getting ready for Shavuos. So I, in Shavuos. That, you know, that's another thing I never discussed. Sphere, so Aimer. Oh. You know, how did the thing Sferas Aimer come up on? There's one of the explanations is when we left Mitzrayim, we heard that in 50 days we're getting the Torah. And the Jewish people were so excited. We're getting the Torah from Hashem. But we, they, they couldn't hold themselves back. And they were counting the days. Every day, when's it coming? They're counting. 50 days, 49 days, 48, 47. And so now also, every year Hashem's, when we come to Shavuos, we're again getting the Torah in a greater way, in a higher way, because the Torah is unlimited. So we're so excited, we're counting the days, when are we going to get the Torah again? That's wow. one explanation. 
Interesting. Okay. So uh, when uh, I hope uh, Bez Hashem soon we're going to receive the real uh, thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, well, uh, that was Sphere. So, you know, the somebody once told me about uh, where Sphere were ups- uh, said that uh, Rabbi Akiva is a little uh, it's a small uh, Avelis that yeah. uh, uh, you kids uh, out there, if you know wh- why we are a little bit of Avelis, a little bit of uh, being mourning, why are we sad? Um, I mean, we're not spiritually sad we're sad about what happened and uh we there's a big lesson to learn out of that but i'm getting carried away because we're talking about Pesach Sheni, which is a holiday which is a yom tov so let's go to the story straight to the story yeah i love stories of course Shmelke. that's why i invited you here so shavuos is the also the yard of the balsamtiv so this story has a lot packed in as chuva balsamtiv it also has a storyteller in there so I really like the story. I'm sure the children will like it too. Is and yes, Bezos Hashem, I will be coming out with a CD. Unfortunately, not at the time. I don't know when, but yeah, it is in the making. Yes, is right before the Balshemtiv he passed away. So he gathered his students nearby, and he told them each what their mission is after he passes away. So one of them, he turned his was his helper. The big schos of merit to be a helper for the tzaddik. His name was Rabbi Yaakov. And he told him, your job is to go from town to town, different cities, and say over stories. I know that one. Shmelki, please. Don't interrupt the storyteller. <laughs> and say over stories of the Baal Shem Tif, of what you saw and heard by, by him. And that'll be a very great thing because Jewish people will be inspired by hearing a story of a tzaddik and hearing how to serve Hashem better. Okay. So after the Baal Shem Tif passed away, and Yaakov took a suitcase, his towels and tefillin, some clothes, some food, and he left. So wherever he came, people were very happy to see him. And it inspired people. And he told them also to And they called him, that, wow, this is the very big, like a magid, they called him. So he was doing this for a few years. Now, back then, to go say stories places, it was a lot harder than now. Now we could sit here together, and across the world, they can hear us at the same time. We don't need to go that far. You know what? You think it's not hard? Huh? It's it's hard. I, well, I also know it's hard. I also put a lot of work. <laughs> I put a lot of work in the stories. But I don't think it's as hard as the person in this story. He oh. had to travel around with a horse and wagon for weeks to get places. So you think he had an easier time because he traveled around? Um, Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. To, okay. keep it, to keep it simple, I'll say he had a harder time. He had to travel around. Traveling, yeah. Traveling is hard. Yeah, it's kind of tough. So he would travel for weeks and months on end. And then he would come home. So he did this for a few years. And for Parnassa, for his money, is when he would go say stories to people, people would appreciate it. People would give him some money. He would bring it back home for his wife and kids to have. One time when he came home, his wife was begging him, you know, maybe you can change your job, not be a storyteller anymore. I, we kind of miss you. We want to have you home. So he said, you know, I also would want to be home, be around my family more. But this is my special mission I got from the Balshamtiv. So until I get some kind of sign from Shemaim, then then I'll stop. But until then, I'm going to continue. So again, he went on another trip, and this time he got his he got his sign on this trip. He was coming. He came up to the border of Italy. He was almost going to go back home. Wow. So how did how did you get the story? That's interesting. Uh, by the way, I never saw this part of the story. Okay. It's a from a, a book called The Storyteller. The Storyteller, uh, probably Hanukkah Teller. So. He was almost by Italy, and he heard that in Rome, 
there's a rich person who he loves to hear stories of the Baal Shem Tev. And anybody who comes to him says a story of the Baal Shem Tev, he, he gives him a lot of money. So he said, good, it's very good. I'll go somewhere and the guy's a rich person. I'll have a place to stay and I'll get paid for it. He came there and when he came into Shul, he started telling people who he is. The guy in charge of the shul, the rich, you know, like the person in charge of a lot of oh, things and money. Shul, yeah. So he heard who he was. He gave him a big hug and said, you'll stay in my house for the next few days. Please stay by me. He gave him a nice room. He gave him his own personal servant. And in the meantime, everyone heard that a helper, the Balshemtiv. This person had a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah. came into town. And what they used to do, whenever this rich person had a, an important guest, he would invite the whole town to come to him. For Shabbos. Okay. So, Yaakov's thing, perfect. A big crowd. I know a lot of stories. He prepared a lot of stories to say. Came Friday night, and this rich person's huge house was packed with people. A lot of people came for the meal. And even people who didn't eat the meal there, once they finished eating at home with their, you know, with their family, wife, and children, they said, okay, now let's go, everyone who could. We're going to hear the best stories ever. They didn't have stories, storytellers. They all came, and the rich person in the house got up and was telling everyone, listen, we have a very special person, special guest. He's going to share with us some stories of the Baal Shem Tev. And now, dear Abiyakev, please say a story. Okay, I'm going to... Shmoky, not you. So what happened? Abiyakev just opened his mouth to say a story. And he went, maybe I could show you, went up. Uh, he just froze. He, his mind went blank, like a blank piece of paper. So for those kids who are listening and uh, you're not getting so much of the story, basically this traveler, he was, uh, he was a student of the Baal Shem Tov, and he went from place to place, and he's now by this rich person's house, and he, they asked him to say a story, and he his mouth froze. His, his brain. And this he is where we're, everything. Now we're up to that part where the freezing. His, his mind went blank. He couldn't remember a thing. So everyone's looking at him. They're staring at him like... Why is he quiet? Why isn't he saying anything? So he's all embarrassed. And people are looking like, is this guy real? Is this guy a faker? He's just pretended to be a storyteller. He's not saying anything. Maybe he wanted a free place to stay in a rich guy's house. So the only person who was calm was the rich man. He said, oh, don't worry. Uh, it happens sometimes. It's probably the long trip. Let's sing some Shabbos meters. Okay. So everyone was wondering what happened there. Poor Yaakov. He was so embarrassed. He couldn't know, didn't know what happened to him. It never happened such a thing. He forgot every single story. He knew that so many stories. He went to his room and he was and he couldn't believe what happened. He was crying away. And all of a sudden, you know, like a big light, his mind, all his memory came back. He said, Oh, thank you. Hey the Katsadik Balshamtav. Thank you. And he fell asleep. So the next morning he told his host, my memory came back. Ah, oh, wonderful. I knew what happened. It's fine. Good. So by the Shabbos meal today, I'm sure you'll say stories. To make a, a story short, came right after the challenge. He was supposed to speak. Same thing happened. He's about to speak. His mind went blank. But this time everyone's looking at him. This guy's a faker. What happened here? Can't, can't say any stories. So the only one who was calm was the rich man. He said, oh, don't worry about it. He was embarrassed, right? Yeah, he was very embarrassed. He couldn't believe it. So, but he said, oh, don't worry. There's another Suda coming up. Maybe by Suda Shlishis, you know, he'll remember something. The next suda again, he couldn't remember anything. By this time, he had tears in his eyes. And most people by then didn't even show up. They figured this guy's a faker, doesn't have any stories, he's not a real storyteller. 
He tried to even remember the face of my tzaddik, the Baal Shem, but he couldn't remember a thing. Shabbos was over, and the rich man said, maybe you remember one story? He said, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just very embarrassed. never happened to me. Must be I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I did Naveda. I don't know what. But it seems like my mission is over, saying stories. I wish I would get a good sign. Unfortunately, it's like this, but I guess I'll go home, and that's it. The rich man said, no, please wait a little more. Another few days. You could stay here if you don't remember. By- now, for those kids who are wondering why the rich man is so consistent about the person staying, about the student staying, we'll find out at the end so, of the story what's gonna what happened. So it came Sunday, didn't remember anything. Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday morning, I said, I don't remember a thing. I'm going back home and I'm not being a storyteller anymore. Finished. I'm quitting. Okay. So the rich man gave him a nice bag of money. He said, okay, fine. You can go. He just got in the carriage and he said, wait, I remember one story. Rich man, so excited. Please tell it to me. So he said, 10 years ago, the Baal Shem Tev on Shabbos looked a little worried, uncomfortable. And after Shabbos was over, after Avdallah, he told me and some students, come on the wagon. Now the Baal Shem Tev's wagon, if you ever know how it traveled, had a very special way. How did he travel? He would tell the wagon driver, let the horses go. Let them go wherever they want. So the horses went by themselves. The horses oh, knew where to go by themselves. And the wagon driver... Kids, nowadays, if you can uh, <laughs> uh, make that horses go by yourself, by themselves, <laughs> that's going to be some special treat. It was a special trick. So they came and went through the night, and they came the next morning to some town, didn't recognize, and they came knocking on the door, and they, like, the window shade opened a little bit, and they said, you're Jewish. What are you doing here? Don't you know how dangerous it is? The, 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 they're making, the priest makes a big speech. It's right by their holiday. And after their speech, they come and they attack us. It's very dangerous. If they see you, they're going to they're gonna do something to us. So they let him in inside the house. They close the doors, locked it. Quick, this is scary. Balshemtiv told Yaakov, who was the storyteller, go by the big stage where everyone's going to come and listen to the priest speaking. And tell him the Balshemtiv Zogmi told in Yiddish. He Zogmi Balshemtiv is da and revealed Edmitir. And for those who don't know Yiddish, the Balshemtiv told the attendant, the, the student, if you uh, go up there, tell go go here. up there and come down. Tell that uh, priest to come right here now. So people in the house were screaming, "You do that so dangerous! They're gonna beat you up! What's gonna happen to you?" He said I wasn't scared. Balshemtiv told me I'm gonna do it. He went. And just when this, every, there were so many people there, no one looked at him. Just when this priest was getting up the steps to go give his speech, which usually he would say not nice things against the Jewish people when he would give his speech. He told the priest in the Yiddish, the same words, that the Baal Shem Tev is here, wants to speak to you. And the priest answered, I know, I know, echves, echves, after my speech. The question for you kids to figure out, how did this priest know? How did he know Baal Shem Tev was there? And he... And he answered Yiddish also. So he went back to Baal Shem Tev, And Baal Shem Tev said, no, 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 no. Again, Yiddish. Tell him he has to come right now. So again, he went through the whole crowd. And this priest in the middle speaking. He pulled on his rope and said, Baal Shem Tev said, you have to come right now. So the priest had a little bit of a shock look on his face. said, uh, okay, excuse me, people. I have something very important to do. Uh, I'll be back. And he followed Yaakov, went into that house. He went into a private room with Baal Shem Tev and was there by himself for a few hours. Afterwards, the priest left and no one saw him again. But 
Seems like I'm, that's the only story I remember. And the miracle is that they didn't attack the Jewish people that year because the guy didn't say his nasty speech. The right. That was it. So this rich man is thinking, he's listening. He jumps up and he wants to start dancing. And he was looking, I'm like, dancing, what happened here? Why, why are we dancing all the time? This guy has gone nuts. So, the, but he put his arm on his shoulder and they started dancing. Okay, fine, let's dance. And then this rich man said, you said this story right. I know. I said, you know, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I was that priest. What? You were a priest? Yeah, that was me. I said, well, what are you talking about? I said, listen, let me tell you. Let me tell you the other part of the story that you don't know. He says, when you came here now, I recognize your face. I knew who you were. I didn't tell you. I was that priest. I actually grew up as a child, a good Jewish boy. I learned in yeshiva. But when I got, you know, a little older, somehow the Yitzhahara got me to do one thing wrong, another thing wrong. And I was smart. I figured, you know, maybe if I want to show off how smart I am to other people, and I went the wrong places, and... It, more and more it got him until Chas V'Shalma got him so bad it said you know if you want to be really super famous they don't let you do it if you're Jewish so I uh, okay I'll uh, act like a guy and uh, they made me said you're so smart we'll make you a big person with a lot of honor we'll pay you a lot I said oh, okay fine for the money for the honor it's, it's and he was saying he, really and he fell thing. for it he fell for it he did a really bad <laughs> thing so I was rich everyone listened to me give me so much honor but it seems like you know my you know, my parents, my grandparents, my holy ancestors had, you know, Rahmanas on me, they had mercy on me. And I started feeling uneasy, like, I know I have everything you could possibly imagine, but is this really what I should be doing? Get, doing not nice things and getting people to not like Jewish people. I started feeling a little, un, you know, uncomfortable until one night I had a dream. I saw a very special person in my dream and he said, my name is Yisrael Baal Shemtiv. And I want to tell you that you have to go back to be Jewish. So in the dream, I screamed at him. I said, leave me alone. And I woke up. I said, okay, that was just a dream. Let's forget about it. Okay. Then my dream came back. And this time he said, no, you are Jewish. You must go back. You can't keep on doing what you're doing now. So after that, I I woke up. I'm wondering, should I listen to him? Should I not? I, I know, I learned Taita, I know that Hashem always lets people do tshuva, but it's so hard, you know, uh, should I really do it? Uh, and then when I woke up the next day, I was thinking, yeah, everyone's going to honor me, give me money, nah, I'm not going to do it. Until the night before I was going to give this big speech, he came to me in a dream and said, I'm coming tomorrow to town to meet you, and you got to come back, I'll show you how to come back and do tshuva. So when you came to me, I, I knew you were coming, I knew the Baal was in town. I saw him a few times in my dream, but I uh, I agreed to go see him. That was a very hard thing for me. But once I was with the tzaddik in the room, he helped me break the itzara and break all the not nice things I was doing until oh, now. Wow. And he helped me do tshuva. And I asked him, how, you know, I did a lot of not good things in my life. How am I going to know when my tshuva, when Hashem takes me back and my tshuva is accepted? Wow. So Hashem told me, when someone's going to come and tell you this story about you, that means your tshuva was accepted. So I was waiting for 10 years to hear this story. And when I saw you, I said, it must be time that Hashem's taking me, accepting my tshuva, that all my evaders are gone. When you forgot your stories, you think it was because of you? It was because of me. 
I didn't do enough tshuva yet. Now that you finally remembered, it must be a sign that in Shemaim, they accepted my tshuva now. So now your job as a storyteller is finished, and I'm going to give you a present. I'm a very rich person. I'm going to give you half of everything I own, all the money I have. And now you can go home, and I'm sure you know how to use out the, the money for the right way to do mitzvahs, and you don't have to be a storyteller anymore. Wow. So you said this had a story had to do with uh, Pesach Sheni. Yeah. Uh, so how did it have to do with Pesach Sheni? Is this person, you think he did a lot of things wrong. He grew up, his parents taught him right, and he was learning Torah, but then he decided all by himself, mm, I want to do something wrong. I want to listen to Yitzhahara. I want to, he went totally away the wrong way. And then what happened? This person was in the worst place and they gave him another chance to come back and do tshuva. So, meaning he come, came back, so therefore he's, uh, therefore it's like Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni, Hashem okay. gives a person a second chance to do the right thing. All right, I'm, uh, I mean, okay. You got it? Yeah, second Any chance. Any other questions? You're all right. Oh. So, uh, all right, wow. Now, Kindelach, those listening to that story, um, if you didn't really get the whole story, so I'm going to say it in my own words, and... Uh, uh, he's gonna t- correct me if I'm wrong. So basically, the story was that this person, the student of the Balshantov, came to this Oisher, uh, the rich person, and said said he has a story. And this Oisher started dancing away, singing, nah, 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 nah. not like that, of course, but yeah, whatever he was singing. And uh, the student said, "Okay," and they put him up for Shabbos. And Shabbos night comes, student. Looked around. Uh, this is my version, not uh, Zalman's. Zalman's version is much better than mine. But uh, my my Go version on. is he looked around. What's the matter? You got a froggy throat, my she? Hey, Schmokey, that's not nice. Uh, Schmokey loves to interrupt me. Yeah, <laughs> I love to interrupt Maishi, but I'm going to say it in uh, my version because Maishi needs to take a break. So basically, the story was he looked around the table and he couldn't talk. And uh, why couldn't he talk, Schmokey? Because um, uh, he lost his voice. He was horse. Oh, stop it, Schmokey. Uh, he wasn't a horse. Uh, no, so the guy uh, was, uh, he actually was, uh, couldn't say the story because it was not time to say the story yet as we're going to see later on in that story. And he, uh, the next day, Shabbos morning, Daisha said, you know what? Stay again. Don't worry. And he stayed. And he's about to say a story. And the story comes to his mind. Uh, I I forgot the story again. And he, he forgot the story. So it wasn't, uh, Guys, if you were watching uh, me waving, uh, I was waving for Nisim. Shalom Akhore, Nisim. Marshamcha. Akhore Besedam, Marshamchem. Nisim, you told me to mention something yes. about Eretz Yisrael. Y- yeah. You want to explain it to the kids? Uh, okay. Right now in Eretz Yisrael, we have a very big Hilul Shabbat. It's unbelievable. And all the Gdole, all the Gdole of Israel ask from all of us. Basically, to take upon ourselves to this specific Shabbat, this specific Shabbat, to te- read Tehillim. If you can finish the Tehillim book, it's excellent. If you read everything, 
just to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Avinu Shabbat that we care about the Shabbat, and we cannot stay silence on this huge Chilul Shabbat and Chilul Hashem that what's happened right and now. And we won't stay silent, we're going to do what we yes. need to do. Okay, that's it, and we have to protest and, again. Yeah. That's the only thing, that's we, there's a really big, 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 Ma'ala, uh, uh, and a request, huge request from all the Gdolim of Israel. To say to Hillel to yeah. do and, what we, we can do. Um, yes. And, yes, and now we're going to go back to the storyteller. The storyteller uh, actually wanted to mention something about his, uh, uh, but he had a website. I, I believe that's the uh, the other storyteller. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention before, is that after saying stories in the class, and I saw how much the children enjoyed it, I always figured, you know, I wish I could capture the moment and share it. Yeah? So... Yeah, that, he's my junior reporter, Moshe Gutman, yeah? Okay, next. I wish I could capture the moment and share it. And that actually became a reality after a little bit of time. First, I started recording, and at first I sent it to a few parents of the students, and I got a very good feedback. And one of the parents especially was pushing me, oh, you got to make a website, you got to share it for everyone. He told me the name Jewish Bedtime Stories. I'm like, okay, Jewish Bedtime Stories, fine, okay. So first we made a website, which I got to say computers are not my expertise. I had to have some people help, which they did, They did, you know, we're always improving. And afterwards then someone told me, no, for children, it's a little hard sometimes to always be on the computer, maybe get a phone line. So we got a phone line too. You got a phone line. We have a phone line. As you can listen either by a computer or even by calling on the phone. There's a phone number. That's very interesting. 718-682-2777. So what is that? That's the listening in line like you can listen in live? Should I show you? Uh, No, not over here, but uh, maybe later on. Okay. it's Yeah, you can. there's a whole options. You can listen to it. It's a whole option. So what's this uh, website name? JewishBedtimeStories.com. So, okay, for those who are listening, if you own a Naki radio... Jewish bedtime stories. It's all not Is radio. that your thing? Yes. See that? Boys and girls listening through that Naki radio. If you get that Naki radio, well, you can actually get a free one. Uh, I'm going to be the sponsor this time. Uh, I, of course, Nisim always tells me, yeah, I don't want you to be the sponsor. I have uh, the guy who's going to do it. Uh, Nisim, uh, nice try. This time I'm sponsoring the radio. And uh, All right? It's on me. Nisim doesn't like it. Okay, Nisim, it's on you then. <laughs> um, so the website is Jewish Bedtime Stories. And yeah, so that was the story. Um, and uh, of, uh, of course, uh, it, it, did my junior reporter call yet? Is he he's supposed to call? No, I don't see. I got a, a request for junior reporter. You, you got a request for a junior reporter. Yeah, so I just I took his number. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right, uh, that's fantastic. Israel Mayer. Israel Mayer, oh. You know, boys and girls, if you want to be a junior reporter, there's another way. You can text me directly, 347-927-3279. I know it's a little similar to Jeru, and Baruch Hashem, uh, Hashem uh, was kind to me, and I, uh, uh, you got a good storyteller. Yeah, I got a good storyteller. Uh, so, uh, you were mentioned Pesach Sheni, and, uh, now we're talking. We came uh, to talk about uh, Lagbaimer, so now we're gonna talk about a little bit about uh, Shvus, right? I mean, right? okay. All so, right. 
All right. Should, so, should, what yeah. what story can we share from Shavuos? You know, well, some short one. Something which is about Shavuos is when you know when we came to Manteda, Hashem first asked the Jewish people, "How do I know you're gonna keep the Teda? How do I know you're gonna you're gonna actually do it?" Yeah, so they said it's oh, a good question. Um, you know, we have very special avos. Have Mitzvah and Yaakov. Isn't that something good? And they'll make sure we do it. And uh, Hashem said, "That's not, that's not good enough. You might, you might not be thinking about them." So he said, "You know, maybe Tzadikim, Nevim, a bunch of different, a bunch of different uh, suggestions." And Hashem said, "No, it's not good enough." Until the Jewish people said, "You know, our children, they will guarantee, make sure we keep the Torah." And Hashem said, "Yes, that's good. If they're gonna make sure we're gonna keep the, you're gonna keep the Torah." I'll give you the Torah based on that. So the children have, well, the whole reason why the Torah is given to us is because the children, and the children always have that special power, again, more than anyone. When the children mm. have the, the strong moon and they keep the Torah, it protects everyone. It protects the adults. Mm. And it, this is how we got the Torah, from the children. And we're waiting again. We need the children's power. I mean, the children doing the mitzvahs, it'll help the adults do the right yeah, thing also. And uh, you kids, uh, you, uh, this is why we're requesting of you for all children, boys and girls, uh, young and old, to say some to Hillam this Shabbos, uh, a massive uh, thing with uh, a tremendous uh, help for all Klai Israel, besides the, what's happening in Israel, and besides... Uh, uh, but, you know, I do want to say something uh, that I didn't mention earlier, and uh, it really touched my heart to say this. Um, there was this boy, Rafal Shmuel, who was very uh, young, a young age boy, and he uh, never passed away. He had a transplant, passed away this week, and I was really inspired uh, by him, By uh, and, uh, he, you know, it's uh, really... Uh, I'm going to say right now that we should only have Besiris Tovos. Um, anyways, so, uh, um, well, we wait for our junior reporter to call. The junior reporter, Moishi Gutman. Uh, he should be a calling in. And, uh, okay, and I believe the junior reporter's here! Baruch Hashem! Uh, all right. We're all ready for you, Moshe. Yeah, hello, Moshe, and hello, Rabbi Zalman Phillips, hello, Nisan. I just wanted, before I start, I just wanted to ask uh, Rabbi Phillips, what is the number for, I heard it once and I didn't get the full number. What is the number to hear the story? All right, he's going to say it slowly now, okay? okay? It's, if you forget it, if you look on the computer, on the website, it has it there, in case you forget it again. You know, Kindle, if you don't have a computer, take a pen and paper right now, and uh, we're going to give you one second to be able to get that paper. I don't have paper in my house. Uh, Shmelke, we're not talking to you. It's only for the boys and girls uh, who do have paper in their house. So, okay, so say the number. So I'll say it now. Um, you can write it down. Um, the only... And if, if someone forgets that they don't have it, if you they can, can ask always, their parents uh, You to can look always it, uh, text me text uh, also. You, or if their parents look, it's on. you can look on the... the can have their parents search for it and it'll come up. Um, the only thing I'll tell you is that when the more children that call, we just make the phone able to take in more calls. So if a lot of children all call once, some children, you, if you get a busy signal, right. 
it only means too many children are calling at once, and we'll make it bigger, make more right. calls so, come in. So my junior reporter, he's my junior reporter. Junior reporter yeah. means he has something to say about the right show. now, and I am really excited yeah. that he has something to say because we're waiting for him for two weeks. Huh. Um, but okay. go ahead, the number say is your number: seven one eight six eight two two seven seven seven. You got it. Yeah. All right. Good. So, okay. Excellent. So now let's go to you. What you have to say now? Okay. This week I uh, wasn't here for. I didn't call in for two weeks. Yeah, the I know. You, you, we weeks. missed you here. It was getting very lonely. You probably noticed it was getting a little bit. Uh, a little bit silly. No, Schmelke. It wasn't getting silly. It was a little bit uh, boring. No, it wasn't boring. It was uh, nice and comfortable. I fell asleep. Um, go ahead. So, what what do you got to say this week? Well, this week I decided to do on um, Gedolim stories, and I'll, oh, actually, stories. I have about two stories and one little thing about the Sklanarebbe. Now, uh, there was a story. There's a story that Mama sh- shows me uh, the pe- uh, of the Amshin of a Rebbe, his Hashem, and how how much kavana he has by davening. By his oldest son's bar mitzvah, he, the suda took place at 4 o'clock in the morning. The, the Rebbe started davening Marv at 2 o'clock in the morning, and he finished davening Marv hours later. Now, if you think, if you ever daven Marv with a minion, I'm talking to the boys and girls, and if you ever were, if you ask your father or someone, when, what time, how long does Marv take? Marv, the most, could take about uh, 20 minutes, in true, or 25 minutes. But, it's amazing to see that this that the Amshin of a Rebbe actually down for two hours Marv, which just round uh, about Marv the most could take a half an hour. That means you could have in four times Marv in in two hours, and it's is something that really amazed me. And I and I tried to look up to the Amshin of a Rebbe from such a story. The second story we I I saw was about Reb Chaim Kanievsky, the God of Ladar. And the satire. Leivu Achim, the famous Kiruv organization, had a private question and answer with Reb Chaim Kanievsky Shlita. The session took place in the middle of the night so that it could be viewed live by thousands of supporters in America. Before the question and answer session began, a lot of noisy work needed to be done in the house to set it up with the video cameras and the necessary recording equipment. Since we would have people watching in America, they needed all these recording equipment and video cameras that they would be able to watch it live. And meanwhile, with all this, with all the setting up and all the noise going on, you would think that Chaim Kanievsky wouldn't be able to learn. He wouldn't be. He would just be sitting there and talking to someone, or he would just be watching them. But but what do you think? Chaim Kanievsky, the satire, he he didn't even care about the sound. He opened up a safer, and with one second of looking into the safer. The sound went away, and he was able to learn until the until the session started. The last thing about the Sklana Rebbe is the Sklana, the previous Sklana Rebbe, there was Mister Nader. He was famous for a lot of nigunim. He everybody knew that you might want to walk around with a tape recorder in case the Rebbe goes somewhere and he right away and he right away uh, wants to record a song. Cause, and one of the proof for this such a story is that the is that by his grandson's wedding, he asked, he needed, he right away a song came to his mind. So he asked one of his gabam to bring him a tape recorder, and he immediately, he immediately recorded it.
Is that all? Yes, but if you want, I mean, I still... Wow, I that was... Uh, no, I was, uh, I was like, wow, it's an unbelievable story. And, you know, that's a... Uh, it's amazing story. Now, uh, Rev. Uh, Phillips, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Moishi, uh, well done, job well done, as usual, and Bezos Hashem next week. Um, uh, boys and girls listening, next week we really have a guest uh, person who's really going to be in, and he's really, uh, it was really hard to get him. I worked uh, almost uh, uh, three weeks on it. Three weeks, that's it? It was really half a year, but I call it three weeks, because it felt like it. Um, yeah, and Moishi, have a great Shabbos. Um, and if uh, you have any birthday wishes or uh, any uh, uh, shout-outs, you could say them right now. Well, I would like to just give a, a shout I mean, I don't need to give a shout-out to, to you, because, you know, everybody hears you, but and and everybody who was listening to Abba Phillips and... Nisan just spoke recently about Eretz show, but I'd like to give a shout-out to my Rebbe in Yeshiva Tarvik Yeshiva, Katana Tarvik Vidas, uh, Rabbi Chekanel in fifth grade, Yeshiva Tarvik Vidas, and my class. Beautiful. All right, okay. All right, then we're looking forward for next week. Okay. Next, next week might be a question if I will call. All right, that's fine. Okay. It's like Boimer next week, but yeah. uh, you can join in and listen in because it's going to be an exciting interview with uh, one of the eighth day people. Um, yeah. Okay, it was nice speaking, nice sharing. I thank whoever was listening for listening to my stories because if the, the stories that I sh- to, that I said just now. Because those stories, I think that from both of those stories of Khan Kanievsky and Damshanova Rebbe, I think that everybody take a from it about, well, first of all, Rebbe Khan Kanievsky, whenever you have a chance, even when there's noise, once you get into that habit and you right away start learning, there's nothing that could distract you unless you have something else anymore. Right, good, good. If good you result. have something that's noisy or someone's trying to, trying to talk to you, just go away for a couple of minutes and just focus on on anything of it learn start learning right well said all right well said and uh all right it's almost time for me to go so i'm going to ask my riddle again and uh Moshe Gaman, good job again. Uh, shout out to you. Big shout out to Rabbi checking out uh Hashiva Rebbe and Tarvadas and I happen to know him and uh a shout out from me uh Moshe Grunfeld. Um the question was this week, what are the different names of Shavuos? Again, Kedalach, there are many different names. Now, you can answer two answers. You can answer three answers. You can answer four answers. You can answer even a fifth answer because there, I believe, are five names. And uh, the answer will be in next week's show. And if you want to know the answer really badly, you could text me 347-927-3279 and you can go to my Chesed Fund page. It would be a big help for uh, JRU Radio and for all of us here, uh, our hosts over here. We uh, sit here, we prepare shows and we do all this. We don't do it for ourselves. We don't have any fundraisers, but we need you. For those who are listening right now, we need you to fundraise for us. We do stuff for you. It's your turn to pay us back. And yes, and Bezas Hashem, we will be live again on the air. This has been the Kishrani Hour. Official Shakhtar is next, followed by some great shows. I'm Moshe Grunfeld. Don't go away. Some great things happening. Have a great Shabbos. And remember, 
The Count's fetus. Yes. 